What up, y'all? It's your boy, Sayalinus, checking in once again. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Um, today, this is the morning show. Let's argue. Um, I'm Sayalinus holding it down. We have to talk about uh, Fonnie Willis, um, the district attorney out there in Fulton County in Georgia. She's bringing the RICO case against Trump and other defendants for trying to overturn the election. If you can remember, Trump made a phone call um, to, you know, Georgia, pretty much, and uh, was asking for them to find him some votes. And um, the district attorney wants to argue that he was illegally trying to overturn a case. Um, and Trump's team and Trump's perspective is that what he was saying was pretty much more innocent than that, you know, recount, see if I see it, see what you come up with type thing instead of make up um, some votes that can go in my way. Um, so once that case came up, it came out or reports or rumors. We didn't know that um, Fonnie Willis, had a relationship with a lawyer who had been appointed to work the prosecution or be a prosecutor on the case against Donald Trump. And um, so then it's become this campaign where, you know, they're trying to dig for evidence and see if she was using money. Um, they're trying to trace the money because it look, look like uh, there's been trips out of the country, lavish trips that have been paid for with Fonnie Willis and the guy name is Nathan Wade. And so what you got is Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis having a relationship. Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade say that the relationship does not predate the RICO case. If it did predate the RICO case, it would be a problem because it will see you could see that the DA has preferential treatment to put someone she's in a relationship with on a case that involves a lot of money. So that's the number one major problem. And then there's also whether or not money that was given to her or given to her office or that she made. Was she using that money to take someone that works beneath her on trips? Um, and so they're just trying to find a timeline uh, for all of this. And a lot of it played out on, you know, public TV. Her uh, Fonnie Willis testimony was on TV. Many, many people saw it. Uh, some people had a problem with the fact that she keep cash in her house. Um her dad testified that that's a black thing, and it really is. Um, excuse me. Um, black people do tend to keep cash in their house uh, um, a lot more than, I would say, other races. And that's because if you could trace it back, there's a distrust with the banks. You could trace it all the way back to the Freedmen's Bank, where black people uh, invest a lot of money into a Freedman's Bank that was uh, ran by the federal government and they built up a lot of businesses, built up a lot of communities through this Freedman's Bank. 
It created a bunch of entrepreneurs. And then all of a sudden, one day, the federal government bankrupted the Freedmen's Bank and walked off with all of the money. And black people were left holding the bag. And pretty much they a lot of their businesses went bankrupt. A lot of their um um uh communities uh they couldn't afford um houses they, you know they had to just rebuild and it was a very terrible thing so tracing it all the way back to that a lot of black people have a distrust for putting their monies into um an institution so black people do keep a lot more cash on them so i didn't find that uh to be too crazy but you know um it is a little bit alarming if you're paying for trips and paying for things like that totally in cash it almost seems like you know that you're doing something wrong you might have something to hide but there's a bigger bigger much bigger point that needs to be made um uh because i think if if this situation was flipped and nathan wade who who was a prosecutor who's in, in, in the relationship with Fonnie willis if he was the DA and she was the prosecutor he would be recused right now there wouldn't be a lot of questioning there wouldn't be a um there wouldn't be a lot of digging it would just be you had an inappropriate relationship uh um you're off the case and it would have been an easy slam dunk but I think because she's a woman that people are trying to find some sort of narrative that can make it seem like oh well this isn't as inappropriate as it may seem but that i mean even if it's consensual remember guys like tavis smiley uh a bunch of guys during the me too movement uh there were some guys who i mean they had stories where they uh you know they behave inappropriately and, and and granted but there were also a lot of situations where guys were just in consensual relationships with people that they work with and they got me too so what I'm saying is that this is this would be a perfect Me Too situation if it was flipped around. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> Excuse me. Um. So, if the man was the one in the um, higher role, this would be a slam dunk case for uh, misconduct. But because it's a woman, it's flipped. So, I just like to acknowledge that the bar the Me Too movement set a bar and the bar was that you can't even have a consensual relationship with someone you work with. And that's a crazy bar. I just think that's a crazy bar. I think a lot of times um, relationships are formed with people who are the are, who you are in close proximity with. So it becomes a thing where you can't work with somebody. And I understand different um hierarchies of a business you know what i'm saying um um so i understand sexual harassment things like that but when you have two consenting and willing adults um i don't think it should be a problem but that's that's but that's not the case anymore because the me too movement brought the bar all the way down lower so but it seems like um funny willis had to pretty much testify uh so you know the timeline of the relationship is really the big thing because you have some people who know them that says that they've been dating since 2019 and then you got you know her father saying she's dated other guys and i never heard of nathan wade until about a year ago so 
we'll see what comes out with that. But this is the biggest picture, the bigger picture that I want people to understand. Sometimes, as black people, we get asked to do the dirty work of a lot of corporations, a lot of institutions, a lot of businesses, um, the federal government. And I feel like this is what happened here. Uh, even with the cases in New York where they got black DAs, it's the same thing. It's the same playbook. They're using black people in appointed positions or elected positions, I would say, to come in and do this dirty work against Trump. Okay? Now, it was up to them. If you don't, if, if Fonnie Willis doesn't see that she's being used, that's one thing. Okay? You know what I'm saying? But understand this, that when you bring a big case like what's going on with Donald Trump, you bring a big case like that, you're going to be under a heavy, heavy scrutiny. And when you're under heavy, heavy scrutiny like that, you need people to have your back. And sometimes it looks like in these situations, we go against what we will regularly, regularly do. Um, even the Alvin Bragg situation, I even think he, I mean, allegedly, you know, he's getting like, I ain't even gonna say it, but it just looks very weird. It looks like they are getting paid to do certain things and carry certain things out. They get elected to these positions so that they can carry out these things that are very overreaching. And it puts them dead in the bullseye in the spotlight and without any support. And that's what's going on with Fonnie Willis. Now you got um, a couple articles here that I'm just going to read to you. Um, uh, Fonnie Willis' inexplicably bad judgment has endangered her case in the nation. Uh, at this point, it doesn't really matter whether Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis benefited financially from her relationship with Nathan Wade, the outside prosecutor she hired to help oversee the election in the French racketeering case against former President Trump and 18 others, uh, several who who already pleaded guilty. But after watching her testimony for late two hours on Thursday, I think she made a convincing case that she did not. If anything, she spent more money on him than he did on her. But by engaging in a romantic relationship with Wade and believing she was under no obligation to disclose it, she handed her opponents on a golden platter and opening to challenge her integrity and excuse uh, to an, an excuse to charge her with a conflict of interest, a backdoor way to stymie the strong criminal case against Trump and his supporters that took office many months, uh, year, years to construct. Take this out. It's mind boggling and so disappointing. Two mature adults, officers of the court, Experienced attorneys could not find it in themselves to put their romantic inclinations on hold while working on the most important case of their careers and one of the most important criminal cases in American history. They should have known that any wealth of impropriety would be exploited to take the case. You cannot be trapsing off together to places like Belize and Aruba 
and expect the keeper the secret. So what we have here is that they're pretty much saying that Finally Willis and Nathan Wade made a very bad decision that could cost uh, them the case. And But there's a lot of people who never wanted to be in that position because of the level of scrutiny and the level of dissecting that will come with it. So it's almost like, here you are, we're going to elevate you, you're going to do what we say, but then when you get on the chopping block, we're going to stand away from you. I would expect that she would have more people, especially on the left, coming to her defense and defending her, but that's not what historically happens. What historically happens is that they use you to do an overreaching case or they use you to do something that they don't want on their records. Uh, um, and now you have it on yours and now you're dealing with the scrutiny of it and now you're left holding the bag. This could ruin her career, you know? So we'll see how it, how it pans out. But just the major points I want to take away from this video is that if Fonnie Willis was a man, this would be a slammed up case. She would be taken off of the case. She would be hit with misconduct. Uh, her career would be ruining uh, just like that. Um, just like we saw throughout the Me Too movement. And also that be weary of what you are asked to do when you are in certain positions. Because it could be a job that no one else wants to do because of the level of scrutiny and the baggage that comes with it. And then you are left holding the bag without anybody to back you up. And I think that's the situation that Fonnie Willis finds herself in today. All right, y'all. Keep God first. Keep moving. And I'll catch y'all in the next video. All right, peace.